Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Eileen Cha. Since August 2021, the city of St. Louis has spent $4.8 million of its American Rescue Plan Act, or ARPA, funds on support for people without homes. Most of that money has gone to emergency sheltering. Two winters later, and on a day cold and icy enough to have prompted many schools and some businesses to close, there's one new 24-hour shelter run by St. Patrick's Center, now open in St. Louis. Volunteers and providers say the addition of one shelter, opening halfway through winter, is unacceptable. The city says it's not at fault for the delay. Kayvon Mansuri is investigative reporter for KCUR in Kansas City and the Midwest Newsroom, which is a collaborative partnership between NPR and four NPR affiliates in Kansas City, Iowa, Nebraska, and here in St. Louis. He wrote about the situation last week, and he's here today to talk with us about what's happened since. Kayvon, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Elaine. Now, your story, published last week, focused on how much federal money has been set aside for emergency sheltering and how it's been spent or not spent. And this money for homeless sheltering in St. Louis was allocated in 2021, in August, in fact. Can you go over the numbers for how much money we're talking about? Yeah, so uh, in, uh, in 2021, the city put around $16 million aside uh, to basically go towards services that would help people who are struggling with housing, um, so far, the city spent about $4.8 million of that dollars. And of that uh, money, uh, the unspent money, there's about $1.3 million set aside for the Safe Haven Project. Um, the Safe Haven Project basically is a, offers a low-barrier um, uh, low entry, 24-hour safe haven that would um, sort of suit, serve the most at-risk uh, of the homeless population in St. Louis. And um, it, it, yeah, $1.3 million has been set aside for this project specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, is there some factor in addition to need for shelter over the winter? I mean, we're, we're obviously feeling that now. That makes the story about the ARPA money more urgent? Yeah, so we originally reported on this story um, several months ago in the summer. And when we initially reported on it, the, there was already questions being asked um, from the previous winter about why this, uh, the shelter, this shelter and why other, um, more of this money hasn't been spent more urgently, especially as winter had just passed and winter was going to be approaching soon. And when we talked to the city, they said, well, you know, that will come uh, and they will have something uh, up by the winter. But obviously we're halfway through the winter now and the safe haven has just opened. Um, and a lot of uh, providers and volunteers think that's unacceptable because obviously when people are out on the streets uh, without housing and, and without shelters and, and the vol- even the volunteer and provider shelters uh, fill up pretty quickly um, and they have to turn people away very often, 
um, people end up getting severe cases of uh, frostbite, hypothermia, um, and uh, you may recall St. Louis Public Radio did an investigation, um, in, I believe in 2021, um, where several they found several unhoused uh, individuals uh, ended up dying of hypothermia uh, per the, uh, the St. Louis coroner. So that, that's why it's important to, uh, to these uh, volunteers, these providers, and certainly to the people who are struggling with housing. And is there anything that you have heard from the city and city officials um, in whether it was formally or in passing that might provide some insight into why it is taking so long? Yeah, absolutely. So the city has, has told uh, me very clearly that, you know, the request for proposal process that they must go through with uh, ARPA funds is, is complex. And beyond that, finding a uh, provider like St. Patrick's Center uh, or uh, City Hope, which they had previously had a deal that fell through, it can be very difficult. And once they find a provider that can fill those needs, uh, finding a location can be difficult as well, somewhere that can house, um, you know, uh, many people uh, mm-hmm. for 24 hours, some that have issues, uh, you know, mental health issues, uh, problems with substance abuse, things like that. Uh, the, the, this is a difficult process. And, and um, the city city officials made that very clear that this is no, no easy task. Mm-hmm. Now, since your story was published, and that was uh, last Tuesday, what has changed, Kayvon? Yeah, so St. Patrick's Center opened their um, new safe haven called Grace's House, or Grace House, I'm sorry. Um, it is a 24-hour safe haven shelter, uh, and from what I understand, they've opened and are finalizing details on a contract with the city um, that would fund it with this American re- uh, with these these uh, funds from the American Rescue Plan. Um, they they are confident they'll they'll receive that money, and the city has uh, you know ha- has told me that they still expect to. Um, go through with that contract mm-hmm. um this shelter is as i said 24 hours it offers um it can uh house i think roughly around 25 to 40 uh people um mm-hmm. given the, the sort of the capacity um and who's there uh they get three meals a day uh the safe haven also is very focused on finding these folks um uh permanent housing that's a huge focus of, mm. of St. Uh, Safe, Patrick Center's work and the safe haven specifically to find these individuals some permanent housing. So would that then necessarily involve a lot more, I don't know, screening if the goal is to get the folks who are in Grace House into a more stable situation? I couldn't say for sure. I, I, I don't know the inner workings. I know that that with with Grace House, it is low barrier. We're talking about um, people who may may not be allowed to go to the other shelters or have had problems in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a full staff working there to support those folks so they can get the best help they can. Um, but I don't. I, I couldn't say um, about the screening process. That'd be a, a good question for the St. Patrick Center. Definitely something to follow up about. No, St. Patrick Center. You did mention that the. Um, the contract has not yet been finalized um, with the city. So uh, how is it possible that they've, they've been able to open this place without uh, like an ink dry contract? Well, yeah, I mean, St. Patrick Center operates, um, uh, it's a nonprofit. They, they operate um, with 
city contracts sometimes, but also I, I believe that they take donations and um, I believe I read in the Riverfront Times that they are saying this costs about a hundred thousand dollars a month to operate. So I, I imagine they're paying for that, or um, you know, they will be reimbursed in some way um, if, if and when the city uh, finalizes the contract with them. Um, but from what I understand, that's still being uh, the final details are still being ironed out. Okay. And St. Patrick's Center has posted announcements on social media about this new 24-7 shelter being open. But as far as I could tell, there hasn't been disclosure about where exactly it's located. Um, Do you have any sense as to why there is such reticence about location um, or prospective locations um, when it comes to other shelters? Um, any, anything that I would say about, about that would be speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I don't think I should go into that just cause I don't have a clear answer. Um, and I haven't spoken anyone to anyone about that specifically. Okay, sure. Now, how much do you think we can expect to change in this winter season, like over the next couple of months? That depends. Uh, I, I, the the city has um, still uh, a lot of ARPA funds on hand that they're planning on spending. A lot of those have been allocated already, um, but there's still some to spend. Um, however, uh, DHS has told me that that they those funds are programmed. They are putting being put towards something. Now, if those will go to, um, in the past, that a lot of that money has gone to emergency shelters. Um, I think actually the vast majority of the $4.8 million that has been spent has gone to emergency shelters. So that means DHS might, uh, or, or the city, I, I should say, might you know give funding to a provider that's already providing um, these shelters during the cold, cold weather. So that might already be happening, happening and, and, and volunteers and providers, especially during these cold snaps, um, this is when they open up emergency shelters. But a big complaint from the providers and volunteers that it's not enough um, they can only do so much, and they really could use the city's um, support to um, house some of these uh, people who are struggling with housing during these incredibly cold months. When they, you know, because it gets to a certain point where they have to turn people away because there's just simply enough, not enough beds, mm-hmm. according to many of the um, the folks that I've talked to. Sure. Um, so I, I I don't know how much we'll see, how much more we'll see. Uh, I I don't expect uh, that there will be a, a, a big addition uh, to the beds, um, but but that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Now, something that comes to mind, Dr. Yusuf Skagen, who is the Director of Human Services, was on our show with community volunteers this month, and he had said then that people without homes from surrounding counties come into the city and often from quite far away and that the response to and provision for our homeless neighbors must be a shared responsibility. Um, As you were doing your reporting, Kayvon, did you get any sense that part of what's delaying movement on um, establishing shelters here in the city, um, that it could be that there's some conversation happening um, about addressing these issues in a way that involves groups and entities sort of beyond the city limits? 
when I talked with uh, Yusuf at DHS, um, we ha- he he told me the same thing mm-hmm. um, that yes, that that does uh, bring in an additional stressor onto the city's pr- uh, providing. Um, but however, when I talked to a few supporters, uh, or, I'm sorry, not supporters, providers and volunteers, I guess there was kind of a um, reaction of like, well, you know. Who do, do people belong to a anywhere? You know, mm-hmm. do people belong to St. Louis City if they're struggling with housing? Do they belong to St. Charles? Do they belong to, um, you know, the Metro East? Um, th- that that was the bigger question. But as for you know the actual kind of um, nuts and bolts of whether that stra- uh, is putting a stressor on, I couldn't say for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but if uh, you know, that's that that's a question to be asked and to be further uh, delved into. And does it seem like there is sort of openness to talking with you, frankly, about some of the the obstacles that exist on the side of the city and um, not just Dr. Scoggin, but others who, who are working around addressing this issue? The city has been... Um somewhat open about the uh, spending of the ARPA funds and, and with unhoused. But I will say that there is a, um, not not from my end, but from the providers and volunteers I've talked to, um, there's been some, some talk that, you know, uh, relationships between the city and the people who are trying to serve people who are struggling with, with housing um, has has never been uh, worse. There, there's just a lot of tension mm. um, from from the providers I've talked to, who I've seen at um, outreach meetings, things like that. People seem to be frustrated, especially as um, you know this is the second winter where these these ARPA funds are available. And from their perspective, more needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, one uh, volunteer I talked to said, I think, it, quote, it was uh, ghastly behavior to not do more. Mm-hmm. Kayvon, what questions do you still have about this story or would you like to have answered? I guess I'd, I, I, would, I would like to see, I, I, I have interest in... Um, who who will be getting these um a, a lot of the other uh funds from from uh, the American Rescue Plan Act mm-hmm. that are that is going to towards not only uh services for the unhoused but also to just just in general um the the city has a transparency portal um it seems to be updated um every once in a while mm-hmm. um but i just like i'd like to see who's who's getting the money um, there's been complaints. I've heard a lot of complaints about transparency and like the RFP process. That's a complicated process. Yes. So it's difficult to say, you know, you know, like difficult to ask for, for, you know, loads of transparency, but I think that's what, um, that's what providers want. Um, and, and also just in, in general, just, uh, um, I, I, I'm interested to see where where this goes what other plans the city has beyond the american rescue plan funding um and yeah that's that's, those are the questions i have okay great kevon mansuri is investigative reporter for kcur in kansas city and the midwest newsroom who's speaking with us today about what is happening with uh, 24 7 shelters uh, for our homeless neighbors here in st louis kevon thank you for joining us today Thank you, Lynn.
Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer, with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.